0: Welcome to Expanding Reality. I am your host, Brandon Thomas. On this episode, Tanya Castillo. She is the uh, European leg of the Higher Self Expo host. So another Higher Self Expo incredible uh, representative here. So um, she is fascinating, guys. All the ways, of course, to find her will be linked in the show notes. You can go down there and click and it'll take you to her site which she talks about compassionate breath uh, expanding consciousness workshops or retreats that she does she is wonderful guys this is one of the best and most warm conversations i've ever had she is a joy to speak to i hope that you guys get as much out of this episode as we did Uh, thank you all so much again for listening so without any further ado tanya castillo All right, ladies and gentlemen, incredibly grateful to welcome Tania Castillo to the show. Okay, did I get it right? Okay, I'm getting a thumbs up over there. Good deal. Now, she is Portuguese, which is why I'm having a tough time saying the last name. It's just not, you know, letters that my mouth will do. So, how are you today?
1: I'm very good, thank you. Very good. And you, Brandon?
0: Every day above ground is a wonderful day. This one is especially special because we get to talk to you today. So, you are helping out with the European leg of the Higher Self Expo, which is fantastic. Uh, Do you mind just telling us how you got involved in that?
1: Okay. So, um, I was invited through Karen Swain, who is the co host for Australia. And she and Zane Daniel, who is the organizer of the Higher Self Expo, had this incredible idea of doing a 24 hour straight conference around the globe. So, this would require including different time zones. And so, he asked. Karen, if she knew anyone and she'd already interviewed me and we'd been in touch. And so that's how I came into the Higher Self Expo, which I am so, so honored and grateful to be a part of. It's been wonderful working with the team and feeling the momentum of all of these fabulous speakers coming together during 24 hours straight, nonstop. It's just an amazing frequency.
0: <laughs> it, it's incredible. And I'm grateful like to be part of the people who are helping you guys out promote this thing. Uh, and I've had Zane and I've talked to Karin as well. She she reached out to me. That's how I got hooked up with the whole thing. So I guess she heard the episode I did with uh, Neil Donald Walsh and just reached out and liked it a lot. So, And of course, he is just uh, fantastic. Um, so yes. I love the idea of this expo. Zane and Karin are fantastic and you are no exception. Everybody having to do with this is just some of the sweetest, most enlightened, wonderful, warm people that I've ever come across in my life. And we're scattered all throughout the globe, which, you know, there's an idea that that's on purpose, that there's a design behind our distance globally, right? Uh, so that we can isolate and influence these pockets of reality around us in a way that uh, we just can't do in the same room together. We got to be spread out to do mm. it. And that's beautiful. And that's fine. Yeah. We're on board for it, right? We're here for it. So uh, for my audience that doesn't know you, um, if you you don't mind, just tell us just a little bit about yourself.
1: Okay, so um, I'll start. Actually, I'll start a different way than I usually start. I was born in Zimbabwe almost 49 years ago. And I happened to come to Portugal when I was eight because my family was originally Portuguese. And so my mom just came, brought me here. And I've been living here ever since. And it is such an honor really to be in um, in a country which was part of the best and the worst that the world has today and to now be able to be a conscious co-creator of the change that when we tap into that space within us where all is well in all of creation and where we can see that there is Nothing wrong with duality and never has been, but when we come and approach it from a space of unity, what we can create is completely different because it comes from the source that each and every one of us is, and that is love. The source is love itself anyway. So um, having found that within myself, what I do now professionally, and basically I don't really like to call it what I do, but basically what I live and what I am is, is a safe space for the union of human and divine, which have never really been separate. But basically what I do is facilitate a space of silence where the noise of separation just quietens down long enough For people to fall into that peace, which is there always, that stillness. And then to be able to look at their reality, to look at their history and bring it all back together into a space of compassion, balance, oneness. That's what I do and who I am.
0: It's, it's beautiful in who you are and what you do and what you live are wonderful. I, so this is necessary, right? It's a necessary part of the process. We talk about this when we talk about med- uh, meditation and all of these things about quieting the mind, and that's where you find true purpose, power, and consciousness. That's where it resides, right? Because there's a lot of noise out here. So uh, what got you hip to this idea in the first place of that creating space for silence through unity was the way to go about it?
1: If you had known me like 20 years ago, you would have definitely said that I was a lost case. Like I would never, ever be found meditating or doing anything calm and quiet because I was a workaholic, stressaholic, always rushing around all the time. I've always been very joyful and and charismatic, but I was on full throttle all the time I was a I've been a fitness instructor was in the fitness industry for over 25 years and I was really just high power all the time and um, of course I was also an English teacher at the same time so I was doing all sorts of things so you can imagine I worked 70 80 hours a week What happened was that with all of that high power, because the thing is, I wasn't ready to tap into my real power. So I was was just, you know, throwing out energy in whichever way I could, because I couldn't deal with myself. I couldn't handle myself. So what happened was then, of course, my health started knocking on the door and saying, Mm, things are not going too well here, you know. And when I once went to the doctor and he looked at an x-ray of my uh, spine and said that I had the spine of a 60-year-old, and at the time I was 30, I said to myself, oh my God, I have to change something. By then, I'd already had my first daughter, who was born when I was 28. And that's when I started questioning myself actually, but I still wasn't ready to really, really dive into a deeper jump of discovering what's going on, why is my life the way it is, um, who am I actually, all of these things. So I started questioning it, but it was just sort of um, intermittent. And then at 33, I just took the deep dive and said no now i'm not stopping until i really tap into what i know is here so i felt this emptiness i felt this um, something was missing i i i knew there had to be something more i started meditating i learned all sorts of energy healing and uh, uh, balancing modalities and taught them as well. And, um, you know, I just just was so very, very disciplined that nothing could move me away from experimenting through my own experience what result these different practices would bring. And, of course, they brought up all sorts of stuff from inside, which then I had to deal with. And at some point, I, I came across the conscious breath through a lady who passed away last year called Norma Delaney and also came, the, came across the Crimson Circle. And um, what they were sharing made a lot of sense to me, but especially the breath, because she was sharing this in such a simple way. So it's not a technique, it's just coming back to the normal, natural way of breathing that was from the very beginning when we were babies. And uh, so that's where I fell in love for the first time. So then I realized, wait a minute, the love I was seeking everywhere is just here. And from then on, it didn't become easier. Actually, it became harder because that's when I looked at my dark side and then 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 (laughs) all hell set loose and that's where i really really came into a space of such compassion that nothing that came to my awareness none of my memories was to be kept out any longer so by embracing and embracing and embracing I integrated and dissolved and alchemized and let go and transmuted and transformed and changed in such a way that I fell into this space of peace where really there is nothing else. Now there is just a new experience of approaching life from a completely different Base of consciousness.
0: I do find, and something, an interesting observation that I've had is that all of the people who live as some of the greatest examples of what humanity is capable of, like yourself, like Zane, like Karin, you. Everybody goes through this juxtaposition of this dichotomy, this extreme dichotomy, right? From your high-octane life to now the life of peaceful breathwork and compassion breathing, which I do want to get into more. Um, but also with Zane, with his scientific background, with his grandfather being making the triggers for the H-bombs. I mean, it, and then he's able to kind of utilize those skills. And if nothing else, that experience, just like yourself, you take the experience and work ethic that you had and you put it into a new modality of peace and tranquility it's this divine opposites that I feel are interesting in everybody's experience. Soul contract probably, it's probably worked in there, right? Because, oh, yeah. yeah, I'm sure about that. Yeah, because it seems a necessary part of the process. It's almost like you get more validation personally, but also as far as accreditation from people wanting to enjoy your work from an outside perspective getting into it. It seems like you've got a bit more. I'll use the term street cred just simply because it seems apt here. You know, it's, it seems like you've gone through the worst of yeah. it or this opposite of it. So therefore, you're able to recognize the true definition of what you're working with now.
1: Right. I, I find that's this to be true. An,
0: an incredible perspective. Do you, do you find that that's true as well?
1: Yeah, I find it absolutely true. Um, One thing I find is is this, as you are sharing, this amazing thing that we bring, it's like we bring in a suitcase full of all of the treasures we're going to need to come to this space of balance. And of course, but it's like an obstacle course until we realize it's not. But And then we realize that all of those things, even the ones that didn't seem to be good, like that didn't seem to be of service, then we realize, oh, wow, this is so precious. If I hadn't had this experience, I would never be able to connect. The point is, and coming from the space where I am right now, if I hadn't been in the space where I was before, I wouldn't have had, I wouldn't have the capacity to even fathom certain things that go on in the world and that go on with people because they are just senseless from the point I am viewing right now. But because I have experienced a lot of that, I can now So compassionately see what's going on and bring in that perspective that is kind and loving, but at the same time firm and assertive to remove the the blinkers like and say, you know, you can just uncover and see it a different way. And so, if I hadn't been through those experiences, I wouldn't be able to have that perspective. Even sometimes nowadays people ask me, don't you ever worry? No, I I don't really know what worrying is. I, I honestly, I have no idea what it is at the moment, but because I have had that experience before, I can relate somehow, somewhere. So it's a different level of empathy. It doesn't require me to be living the imbalance that the person is living because I have the wisdom of having been through that and gone past it. And I doesn't need to be the way I did it because I can see the potential that that person has and, and help them tap into it. So my point is not to tell anyone anything. That they need to know is to just create that space of silence that they can tap into what they already know basically so we bring it all in it's just fantastic when you can see it with without the drama when you're not living it anymore
0: it's beautiful. And you're absolutely right. And from that perspective, absolutely. It, it makes complete sense. And and it seems to be something that, like I said, it, it validates your experience a little bit more because you've had both sides of it. You know what that is. You don't need to be told what it is because you've already gone through it. You know, I yeah. there's there's this movie and this is going to be a weird reference, but just stick with me here. It'll make sense. So have you ever seen the movie Paycheck with Ben Affleck?
1: No, okay, let it's me ridiculous. write this down.
0: Yeah, well, it's not. Uh, here, Here's why. Uh, because there, it's got to do with memory wipes and, and living and stuff like that. So the, the point I'm making on this is the treasure box that you uh, were articulating or the suitcase that you bring into life with you. A good visual representation of that would be this movie. Okay, so he basically gets his mind wiped. Uh, spoiler, spoiler alerts, guys. Uh, he basically, gets his mind wiped. He has this envelope that he gets, where it has all sorts of what are seemingly random objects: uh, a lighter, a paper clip, a badge of some kind, some little marble or something. So it seem none of these things seem connected at the time, but as the movie goes on, they're utilized in different ways, and he knows exactly when to use them at which time. Mm. So it's it's one of these things to where we are cosmically granted that or we bring a little bit of that with us in the form of synchronicities, in the form of paying attention to other your energy field, uh, you know, because your gut will tell you a lot. You have two brains. Most Everything. people don't know that. E- exactly. And so in this way, though, we're able to kind of navigate our experience a little bit better. And what a lot of people don't One or what I feel a lot of people are missing the point on is people interactions like with human beings on this planet are part of that little kit that you bring with you as well. Yeah, nothing is accidental. Nothing is coincidental. Right. I I love the concept of that when you look around in your world and you can kind of view things from a purposeful and participatory type of an experience, because that's what you're here to do. You're here to participate and raise the level of the vibration of the planet. Uh, That's what we're here for. Exactly. So um, as far as a role goes, uh, were you granted this information early on in life and then just went with your higher octane? Like, Can you think back to a time where this type of thinking was already there, like it was a seed already planted and perhaps ignored or underutilized until the right time?
1: Yeah, it was exactly like that, really. Uh, as a child, I had this knowingness of eternity. I was absolutely sure that I was eternal, like I had absolutely no doubt. But then I started viewing how people lived death and started finding it a bit hard to to integrate my knowingness of eternity and this thing called death. And so then I started sort of um, looking at all of the pain in the world. And even as a child, I was very... Uh, it hurt me, I was very conscious of the pain in the world. And I'm, I'm a writer. So even as a child, I used to write stories which depicted different facets, psychological facets of people living different kinds of experiences. Um, and eventually how they might find their way through that. But because it was overwhelming, I used to fall into deep pits of sadness at that time. And always, invariably, there was this warm voice and embrace that came from, even from within, that just came over me and said, we're staying here. Because I used to think about suicide all the time we're staying here because you have a purpose here. And what you have to share will influence thousands of people. And you can imagine as a child of eight, nine, 10, 11, this made no sense at all, like no sense at all. The thing that kept me going was not the words, was the warmth, was the loving embrace that I felt That just came over me and just brought me to peace though i still was aware of the pain of the in the world and that it was really hard to be here for me it was very hard to be here i i just trusted that sense that somehow there was a purpose though I couldn't see it at the time. And that's why my life then became full full throttle all the time. I was um, given big responsibilities at a very early age. And that's how I grew up, being a responsible child. And that's how I managed to deal with, with things, because it gave me a sense of control. It made me feel that somehow there was a way to deal with this complex thing called life and effort and and struggle and drama and all of that stuff. Because that's the only thing I knew at that time, because it's what I saw in my reality, in my family, and that. And I had to, because, of course, I would have to come to that point in me where I would say, enough, it's enough, I just can't take it anymore. And then I would have to look the other way if it. And I usually say this and share this even with clients that if it's not hurting enough, it's really hard to say it's enough. Like definitely it's enough because Many times people, you know, uh, you probably know that people many times pray or ask for help from the angels or whatever they believe in, in times of strife, in times where they feel really bad and that, you know, everything's falling apart. But as soon as things ease off a little bit, they just forget all about it. It was just like an act. And if it doesn't really, really hit that point inside of you, where you say, enough, I am no longer going to live my life in this way, but I don't know which other way, so please show me. Then you have like, you're at a point where you have no choice really. So you know you just have to and and that's where I became very radical which is I decided from now on I'm going to only live through my intuition so basically I decided to turn it around and of course for for years it was pretty pretty tricky you know because then you've got the whole of the social construct and collective consciousness telling you that intuition is only to be used very seldom and it's not really something you can trust that much. You must trust your logical mind and all of the analytic power that you have and so on. And I decided, no, I am gonna trust 100% no matter what. And so, of course, that brought about massive, massive change in all areas of my life, which because I was saying I'm going to trust, I had to embrace because otherwise I would not be coherent with, with what I'd said. And today what I share is, yeah, you can live from intuition, then feed the mind with whatever is needed in each moment to deal with, with physical reality. Because the mind is a computer, and it's fabulous, and it is of service, and it is not to be undermined or thrown away or whatever, like many times people want to tend to do when starting a spiritual journey. The mind is essential. But the point is here. That I tapped into my other brain, and that's the brain that manages the whole thing and then the mind is quiet and it only needs to speak or do whatever it needs to do whenever it is asked to
0: <laughs> that that's outstanding I mean what an what an incredible awareness to get to first of all, and then just to embrace that sort of that sort of complex way of going about it at first. But then in, after that, because everything was built on non intuition based thinking, it was left brain, it was very calculated, it was very mechanistic. And then now you're switching to trusting the process. I mean, you just jumped in head first. I what what's some advice that you would give to people or some things to pay attention to if they're wanting to embark on an intuition based outlook of life only?
1: So I would say um, it's normal and natural that at the beginning, the noise gets louder. And to not be daunted by that, to not get frightened, the noise has to get louder. Because it's all of our belief systems the aspects of personality that we created within all of those past experiences related to survival and to fear and and to what needs to be done and not to what we feel should be done. And of course, if the noise doesn't get louder, how can we be aware of what's going on inside of us? So it's really, I would say, being so firm with this choice of 100% trust in our wisdom, because everyone has it. Like everyone has this intrinsic knowingness and it doesn't really matter what their religious or whatever spiritual beliefs are. Everyone, the world over, wherever they are, whatever cultural background, wherever, has this knowingness. So basically, it's starting to question oneself. What do I trust? My knowingness? Okay, I trust my knowingness. And you know, take it, it's baby steps. And then I had this um, my essence as I call it, my 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 soul self, my whatever you want to call it, because there's different ways of putting it. And I don't want to go into sort of, you know, separating spirit from soul and higher self and all of that. So <laughs> for for now, let's just use essence used to ask me, fight against or cooperate with? And this is a really deep question, but just when when you are going through some ordeal, um, could be a mental ordeal, like with any life challenge or whatever, if you ask yourself, fight against or cooperate with, you'll feel a different vibration in both. And if you're choosing to go by way of intuition, obviously you'll choose to cooperate with. Now, does this mean that, for instance, if someone is um, cheating you financially or, you know, whatever stuff that goes on in the world, you're going to condone that and say it's okay? No, it doesn't mean that. It actually means the opposite. It means you're going to respect yourself and, and Define your boundaries and stand up for what you haven't stood up for so far and reclaim your power. And your power lies in this absolute love for yourself that says that life is going to be gentle from now on, that you are not going to torture yourself every single day, that you are not going to enslave yourself every single day, that you really deserve to be valued but that has to be for you and from you first i'm mean, no one else can value or treasure our existence if we are not capable of making that shift so basically fighting against is fighting against ourselves our true nature and cooperating with is really cooperating with that natural ease and grace. So I started choosing for myself. Conscious choice is also a really big part of this, of flipping into intuition. Not necessarily choosing like a house and a car and stuff like that, which also can come into play, but, but choices like I choose to live in simplicity, ease and grace. And I would choose again and again and every single day and over and over again. What do I choose for myself? Harmony, balance, love and joy. What do I choose for myself? Freedom. And, oh dear, freedom just made me let go (laughs) of so many things because once you start choosing freedom, then, then, then you realize how imprisoned, you are inside with all of these social constructs and programs and paradigms and belief systems and so on and so on. And it's just something you keep on looking at and keep on doing because, I mean, as you said, we are here, we are to be a part of this whole. And if you find a belief system, for instance, even if it seems to be out there that is bothering you, it's your opportunity to basically embrace it. Of course, not to own it, not to have it as your own, but to embrace it as part of the world that you live in. And only by embracing it can you bring alchemy. What i found is that we are like walking, talking alchemy pots. And if we embrace all of that, which really doesn't make sense, it just comes in through that space of compassion where it dissolves and it opens up new doorways of possibility of consciousness so many times people who are on a spiritual path also tend to isolate a lot or to even feel that it's painful to be in the midst of other people but it can be temporarily but then if it becomes a habit then there's still separation i mean it's separation you can call it whatever it is, whatever you want to like, oh, because I'm an empath and it hurts and so on. But it's just separation. And so having this attitude of realizing that nothing outside of you that you see because you perceive things that I don't perceive. I perceive things that you don't perceive that each person perceives a different kind of reality. So our reality, the reality we perceive is just a reflection of us totally and completely, and even others are part of us. So I'm as much a part of you as you are a part of me. And that's why we're having this conversation today. We are just part of the same existence. And in a way that even our mind can never begin to comprehend, because this is such um, a concept of... um, oneness of unity that it is just hard to to master in the mind but it's a feeling that you realize and once you start embracing all of the reality that you perceive as part of you the people the places the situations everything it's just like there's this magic mantle that extends all throughout your reality and just creates something completely different and the people become different and some move out and then others of a different nature move in. And even the place where you live and the nature around you and everything just changes its frequency. It's it's amazing to witness. Really, it is.
0: The kinetic element to life is what I'm fascinated by and that it's the the ever-expanding kind of possibilities of experiences, which is great, and that's what you're speaking about here, about that we're all different, we all have different perceptions as far as how to create a reality, what we even see. There's some argument that even objects in color are viewed differently through different eyes, right, through different observers' perspectives. And so this is the part of it that I'm very interested with. And this is where the science, I think, needs to catch up, because back to the Higher Self Expo, which we'll get into in a minute, uh, the marrying of uh, the science and spirituality is what's needed right now, right? Because spirituality, like Zane says, is just a science that science hasn't figured out yet.
1: Yeah, I love that.
0: I, know, I, I love it, too. That dude is awesome. Okay. Like I said, all you guys are so wonderful. So... Uh, But Back to the kinetic element of it as well, Uh, it, it just feels like things can change all the time for anybody, no matter what. It just depends on the direction, depends on your focus. This is a very personal experience tailored for everybody even though it's so different and this is what's so fascinating about it it's like we're all playing this huge game but we all look at it differently the rules are different uh the sets of guidelines and judgments are different uh the desires are different you know uh, all of these things but all here are possible so this is the beauty of i think all of this so yeah when it comes to the nature of reality and our experience here what do you think this is all about
1: Oh, for me, it's it's very clear for at the moment from, from the perspective I am viewing that it is actually transcendence of separation, transcendence of duality as a limitation. So it's transcending this notion that physicality is in any way limiting and realizing that as extensions of source, experiencing through physicality, we have no less qualities and powers and capacities than if we were not in a physical body. So basically it's overcoming separation and all of the distortions that have been created across the eras through living this separation. So at some point, there there have been many imbalances. And basically, it's about just bringing it back into balance and transcending this experience, then to live other experiences um, from different levels of frequency and consciousness. But basically, one of the biggest um, challenges with physicality is this a concept that we are limited, and realizing our unlimited self through physicality, so therefore transcending this, is basically as if we blend. So once we are able to blend with everything seamlessly, And therefore, there is no longer a separation between what I perceive and who I am. We will have ended the game and moved on to another one, (laughs) basically, because there is no end point. There, There is no actual final purpose at all, because... Source is just source experiencing every single possibility. Therefore, that's why there is no such thing as good and bad. There are just possibilities, infinite possibilities. And
0: the way you put it as far as a blending is perfect. I've never heard it put that way, and I absolutely adore this. Now now I'm going to be filtering through that perception, but that's the, one of the beautiful things about having conversations with wonderful people like yourself. I kind of take your ideas and then assimilate them into some understandings that I've already got, and I know that that's something that the audience is getting out of this as well. I, in, incredibly beautifully said and incredibly profound, I mean, because that's it, right? We're just blending our experience with all others. Now what's interesting about that too is that leads you to the thought that, well, then you can assimilate and fit into any system you can blend rather into any system uh, that as long as it's designed around love and so we get there those love and fear elements of it but you don't ha- you can choose love every time you can bring yeah. love to a low vibrational situation as well and raise that vibration this is what I'm so excited about about this great awareness or the great awakening or you know folks like yourself is that it it's reaching such a broad audience and it does feel like now is the time that things have, are shifting bigger than ever. I mean, in, in modern history, right? I'm sure that we went through this a few times, you mm-hmm. know, in the Kali Yugas and stuff like that, um, yeah. that the uh, Vedics talk about. But also, you know, with the Hopis, they say that, you know, the earth has gone through four cataclysms, therefore we've had four different earths on this place. I think we're in the fifth now. Uh, but all of these things are preceded by an advanced, techn- uh, advanced society, right? Because I don't think that ancient man was as primitive as people say that they were. I mean, you can look at some structures yeah. and concepts. I think they were pretty high consciousness and in tune. So with with this understanding though, of blending now, like I said, it's just blown my mind. Um, I, I like the idea of being able to integrate these understandings seamlessly into everyday interactions. And some folks might hear this and think that it's super daunting or, oh, my God, that's beyond me. And I could never be capable of doing that. Tell folks why they're wrong about that.
1: Well, first of all, because it's not about what each one is capable of. It just takes one to be capable, to open up that potential. That is is the fabulous thing about us being one uh, network of consciousness, is that if one speck of that consciousness, in other words, one of us, opens up that possibility, it becomes available. And then the only thing to do is allow it into your reality, into your experience. So if you feel somehow that resonates with me, but I have no idea about it, you're not supposed to. I mean, it's not through the mind that you're ever going to get there. So it doesn't matter if you have no idea about it. It's just, hmm, let me allow that. And because what I'm saying is no wiser or better or more capable than what you have in you and each and every single one has, it just becomes available because it's been done. So that's why there are no others. As soon as it becomes available in experience, It's there for every single one. Isn't that fantastic the way we've conceived this, that this has allowed us to not have to make an effort? So basically what happens is the more of us who tap into um, higher frequencies and more expanded levels of consciousness, the easier it becomes for those who, who think they couldn't. Because more and more it's available. And really, we have been wise throughout thousands and thousands of years. There have been priests and priestesses and, and all sorts of different denominations of spiritual practice. And so deep in many of the eras of mankind that a lot has been tapped into already. What I feel, and because I feel this from my own experience on Earth, I've been here for ages, like ages. The first time I really felt into my age, it's like I had moss growing on my ears, <laughs> being here for so long and and realizing, you know, I've done all sorts of spiritual practices and been completely devoted, and then all of the opposite as well. And what I felt for me now is really that blending. Now I realize, ah, wait a minute. But still there was some separation. Still I was thinking I needed to be a certain way or speak a certain way or do certain things that were predetermined as rules to achieve a certain possibility of manifestation. And what is now becoming available is that everyday life is to be this landscape of sacredness. It's not to be kept in the temples or on Sundays or Saturdays or whatever the belief system is, uh, or to just one hour a day or, it's not. It's bringing this knowingness of our sacredness, and this changes completely the way we perceive ourselves and the way we perceive our opportunities and our realities, bringing it into everyday life. The normal things of existence, like washing the dishes and going to the bathroom and, and having your um, chickens and cultivating the, the vegetable garden and whatever, you know, normal things that like pick wood, collect water, and that's it.
0: <laughs> it's that easy, right? It can be that simple and that reductive. And even that, though, that's a, that's a beautiful existence. That's a beautiful way to live. You know, something back to what you said about, um, and something that I've been thinking about a lot lately, actually, is the the idea that we're all source consciousness uh, experiencing itself subjectively. So we came here, broke apart to experience its w- its capabilities. But the the kicker is that we had to forget that we were unity consciousness to have the experience that we're having. But it seems like the goal of the spiritual experience is to remember, forcibly, if if necessary, to remember that we are all one. This, this is the the dichotomy in this element is something that I find extremely interesting because we are, it seems to be that we've been given this system or we've been born into a system that has been placed here before us that tells us the opposite of that. But it seems to be part of the process. Right. It, it exists here because it has to. And the reason I know it has to is because it exists, right? Nothing is here by there accident. There you are. Hmm. Okay. Well, it, it, do you isn't, exp- it,
1: isn't it fantastic that we could create the thing is and what I've what I've noticed which is really fascinating is and because I, I my main sort of skill that people run into with me is having to look at their dark side. <laughs> so is when they start realizing that no matter what they've done, no matter who they've been, their essence always knew that they would come through because this was, this was a given. It's always been a given that we would come to recognition of unity. And that's why we could get so lost, basically. So, so, so lost in the whole game of separation because The knowingness that we were not that because we are not that is so intrinsic that it's a given that every single one of the human beings that are here on earth now and are to come are eventually one day in one lifetime, who knows when, boom, all of a sudden start remembering. So the, the, I usually say, our soul has always trusted us fully and completely. If we can learn from that trust and use it ourselves, then we have made it easier for ourselves. Because there has never been any doubt that we could make it. Like even, for instance, going back to the example I gave, like in this lifetime, I got pretty lost, and then I realized that, of course, that also had to do with all of my previous stories and and everything I brought into this lifetime to transcend. Like, it's sort of like, okay, now let's wrap it all up now, okay? So that we can be done with it. And it's now, it's now. And the thing is, I could have not made it, because I have, and you have, and we all have, free will. So it's never a given that it's going to be in this lifetime. But I did bring with me all of the tools and possibilities in my suitcase to do it. And my soul never stopped trusting she's going to make it. But, but I could have not. Though I did. But it doesn't matter because I'm eternal. And you're eternal and we're all eternal and this thing of life and death is just a continuous transformation there is nothing to it and and this might seem quite shocking like saying this like that but it's really it's really that it's just a transformation death in itself does not exist
0: it's almost like our higher self is watching a movie, and how we can relate this to maybe a context that everybody can kind of understand, super simple, is you're you're watching an action movie. You know, you know that mm. the hero is going to make it in the end, but yeah. you also know that whatever perils come on, he's taking gunfire. Oh, he's got to hide. Well, you you kind of get a little bit wrapped up in the story, and that's because of good yeah. acting, good directing, good environment. Just like the environment around us all the time, we feel like things aren't going to work out, but we know deep down, or our higher self, at least the one watching the movie with the popcorns, just sitting. And they're like, oh, this is my favorite part. This is when he thinks it's going to, you know, it's not going to work. And then he pulls it through or she pulls it through, right? It, it's almost like that's what this experience is at a high consciousness level. Like, you know, it's going to work out. But as long as you bring that awareness in, that's when the magic starts to happen, right?
1: There you are. There you are. So it's that trust. It's tapping into that trust that already exists in you. So it's not, basically, we could say that it's not the human that trusts. It's the human that allows him or herself to fall into the trust that already is there. It's intrinsic to our nature. Trust is intrinsic to our nature. It's not something we have to devise. It's just like it's not the human that forgives because the human views from separation Forgiveness is even not even not an issue. It's even in existence or unnecessary from a higher self perspective. Because you are already forgiven because there's never been anything wrong or right that you've ever done. But of course, while you're living this, you have to have guilt and shame and all of these different tools and mechanisms in between to make you realize, oh, maybe I should do this, maybe I shouldn't do that, etc. when you're living your local experience. So you're not tapping into your non-local consciousness. So you do need those things to sort of, well, keep you on track a little bit. But when you start tapping into something else, those tools that we have become so accustomed to using, they become useless and so, The only thing to do is to thank them because they've been useful and let them go. And this is basically forgiveness. I would say forgiveness is much more about gratitude, an attitude of gratitude than anything else.
0: We're grateful for what you already have. That's how you're able to enjoy the experience. It's kind of like your higher self is like your dad. You know, you can picture like whenever you were driving around in the car or something like that with your dad and you were a two year old. So you're yourself now you're you're. You're kind of dumb, you know,' you're inexperienced, right? when we come into this world and And so you could picture sitting on your dad's lap and him letting you steer, but hes still basically got control of everything. you know, it's just kind of, yeah, uh, entertaining you, you know, and letting you feel like you have control, even though there's there's a bigger purpose going on here that that has our best interest, that heart that can see things and is aware of things that we're not capable of doing. so uh,
1: and you know the thing is, if we didn't have that liberty, Consciousness in itself could not experience these things that we experience when we are in forgetfulness. This expands consciousness. Everything we live expands consciousness, no matter how sordid it seems.
0: Yeah, and it seems like whenever you you were talking about the the real world being a mirror of of you of yourself, you know, I, I've had this conversation uh, with Gina Bonacci on the show before, and we were talking about how it's basically like if you if you were to know everything, then you wouldn't have the experience that you're going to have, right? So you need you this are. you need this separation, or you need this amnesia, we'll put it right, like a spiritual amnesia, and and so whenever you embark down a journey like that, it seems that. Even people that come across you, and and especially as you start to raise your vibration, right? Somebody cuts you off on the road. You're like, that's not a mirror of me. I would never do that. What that does Mm -hmm. represent, though, is an opportunity for you to practice what you're saying that you truly are, right? It's not necessarily a mirror. It's a mirror of the experience that you're choosing to have.
1: There you are.
0: And my grandmother used to say all the time, don't pray for patience, honey. Uh, he is not going to grant you patience. He's going to grant you the opportunity <laughs> to be patient, which is a very different kind of understanding. You're not just going to be granted with patience. You're going to be granted with a crappy experience to be patient through, which can suck sometimes unless you're ready for it. Yeah, right? you're
1: so, right. So, right. So, so true.
0: I, I love it. Missy you, grandma. Uh, we'll see you soon. She's all around though. I, so uh, with... Tell tell me about what you're going to be talking about on the Higher Self uh, Expo.
1: Well, um, actually, it, it's going to be um, how can I say? It's going to be a dive into what um, living through intuition can allow the science of your health and your well being to transform. So it's sort of going in through the back doors. I, I actually was in the world of science for many years and I was um, into health and fitness as I said and nutrition and all of that which is absolutely appropriate and which you just have to do if you want to live a good life. If you want to be healthy, if you want to be happy. And, uh, but I did it so much <laughs> that I got myself unhealthy.
0: Which is ironic. And the irony on this yeah, is something is. I absolutely love. You worked yourself trying to be healthy to unhealthy. It's brilliant.
1: There you are. So sort of, okay, is that good? Okay, let's take more of that. Is that good? Okay, let's take more of that. <laughs> give me more, give me more. And... Um, then I started realizing once I started diving inside that 100%, and I'm not going to go lightly on this, a 100% of all of my ailments were related to my way of perceiving life. So in this case, related to my thought forms and to my emotions, a 100%. Because that's what defined and determined how I disrespected my time, my money, my food, my space, my relationships, everything. And that is what created disease ease in me. And so by going in deeply to every single little thing that was not, not working, and I had a lot of illnesses, so I've got a lot of examples. Um, every single one of them, including allergies, were transformed. Even musculoskeletal systems that seem to not be transformable when they get to a certain state of um, disease, of, of, how can I say it, of use. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like it seems like you get to a certain point of use and you can't revert that, but it's not true. And so the more I experiment in my own life, so basically I'm a living experiment for myself. I'm a case study <laughs> for myself of what living through this 100% surrender to my heart can bring about into physicality so into the science of me as a physical person
0: that's incredible Incredible. And this marrying between the science and the spirituality is something I'm so fascinated by. This is why I'm grateful that you're taking a part in this. I'm grateful Zane came up with this idea to do this. I think it's brilliant. And it's definitely something that we need right now. We've got to, like like he says, it's, and like we've already brought up here, it's just science science hadn't figured out yet. And we completely agree with that because we're experiencing that all the time. It would just be nice when we're able to study it a little bit better or articulate it a little bit more efficiently to where more people can see it as more valid because just saying this is my experience to some people that are unwilling to hear that or experience that it, it can be a little daunting or challenging or for yeah. not you know it just seems like I don't know uh, the efforts not really translated unless unless it's sought out you know because it's hard I find it might be a little bit trickier to inspire somebody just based on the way that you live your life. Because I get it all the time. Oh, you're always happy. Oh, you're always positive. Oh, you're always complimentary. It's such a drag. And it's like, well, that's just who I am, man. Uh, You know, you guys are welcome to be in your pity party over there, but I'm not going to take part in it. And it's interesting because then again... That's why
1: it's good because we have like 36 speakers, you see. And within those 36 speakers, we do have speakers that are going to bring in a lot of hardcore science. And so then that will blend in what other speakers are going to bring in from different kinds of perspectives and we will show, okay, so, you know, this study shows this, but experience shows this. And so then we can blend two things and realize that they are not separate because basically science is just questioning science. Science is used to question what we perceive and to test it and to prove that it's right when you're already experiencing it.
0: Yeah, it just validates your observations, right? There you are. Yeah, I yeah. mean it should, but there are some things like we're talking about here that science has yet to been able to embark upon a, a reasonable yeah, explanation really. for, and therefore it's it's hard, and you just have to trust observations sometimes at the expense of negating the science that's already settled. Right? I'm using air quotes for my audio-only listeners. Science is never settled, so uh, Tony, I can't thank you No, because
1: science is always changing. Fortunately, and actually, a good scientist will always be open-minded and will always be questioning his results and research further. It's that's, that's what good science is all about is discovering and rediscovering and rediscovering.
0: Yes, and that, that is definitely the way it should be. It seems like there are systems in place, just from observation as well, uh, that don't really encourage that or won't f- grant funding to different studies, like let's say of telekinesis or let's say of uh, near-death or out-of-body out of experiences, past-life memories, these kinds of things. Uh, the more esoteric I think is becoming more teric. I don't know if that's a thing, but uh, <laughs> it, it seems like we're definitely shifting and I'm grateful uh, that we were able to connect and I'm grateful that you're a part of such an incredible movement. So did you have anything else that you'd like to uh, talk about before we before we run here
1: no 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 actually I've enjoyed our conversation it's been really cool smooth simple ease and grace
0: (laughs) ease and grace well you brought that you did all the heavy lifting i'm just here to hang out and push buttons so
1: (laughs) you know no no you had to provide it as well it's a (laughs) co-creation
0: i love it i love you you're absolutely wonderful thank you so much i really do appreciate you of course i will be linking all of the ways to find you down in the show description guys just check that out Uh, tanya cannot thank you enough i'm truly grateful
1: thank you thank you very very much me too
0: incredibly grateful to tanya for her time on the show today Uh, you guys make sure to check out the links below to find out how to find her as well as the expo the higher self expo which again occurs july 17th and 18th it's a 24-hour online only event incredibly awesome we are all very much looking forward to this Uh, check her out on that as well she's got some fascinating things that she's going to talk about and uh just truly grateful to be connected with her and everybody else having to do with the higher self expo it's been just an incredible journey to get to know these folks they are wonderful they just wrap you up like a warm blanket of love and, and i'm all about it So uh, as for this show, guys, you can find us at expandingrealitypodcast.com. That is where the links to all of the socials will be, as well as the YouTube link, which will take you to the visual videos of this. If you're an audio only listener, it's awesome. We love you too. But uh, there's a whole nother video element to this uh, for you visual folks that uh, you can take advantage of for absolutely free. So go down there and check it out. It can be found, like I said, at expandingrealitypodcast.com. If you'd like to contact the show, you can do that through there as well, as well as all the socials and all that good stuff also. So uh, the music you're listening to, of course, Vinny the Saint, good friend of mine. He is linked down in the show as well. Go check that out. Uh, While you guys are moving through your week this week, just make sure to be mindful of litter. Just pick up a piece of litter if you're around it. Uh, Say hi to everybody that you come across. Uh, People are nice and and naturally wonderful, so you'll make somebody's day just by doing that. If you'd like to make their day even more, uh, just reach out to a stranger in line behind you and buy them their coffee or a meal or something simple like that guys it doesn't take a lot and be grateful that you could do that back to the gratitude Uh, while you guys are doing that get out of the left-hand lane we all know that that is annoying and we're grateful that uh, the consciousness is shifting on that Uh, so get out of that left-hand lane it's like I said annoying Uh, beyond that guys go out into your week this week Uh, look forward to checking out the higher self expo while you're doing that uh, just be good to one another thank y'all so much for listening we'll see you next time